0: Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on Season 4, Episode 18, Old King Clancy. And sitting next to me and podcasting with me is a (laughs) podcast celebrity and the star of my heart, Jen.
1: Aw, thanks.
0: Well, this episode was funnier than I remembered.
1: It was. Yeah, I didn't have high hopes going into this one, but it turned out pretty funny.
0: Agreed. I, I think most of the TED stuff was the better piece of this. I didn't like a lot, or I I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I wasn't a big fan of most of the Robin stuff, but it wasn't horrible.
1: I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would remembering back on it, so it was a pleasant surprise. So I thought I was going to hate the whole whole of Robin's storyline, but it made me laugh a few times.
0: I did a whole bunch of catching up on all my old Google alerts about how I met your mother. And I collected so much stuff, I'm not even going to deliver it all out tonight. But there's a couple things I wanted to mention. One was a Screen Rant article about the best scenes for each character of How I Met Your Mother. Mm, Okay. I think scenes is a term used lightly, the way they used it. (laughs) For Lily, they said her most hilarious scene, or best scene, is Slepsgiving 2, the you're dead to me look. Okay. I disagree. Greatly. I didn't... I thought that was okay. I think my favorite Lily scene, or at least so far, I may be corrected down the road since we've, you know, we're only about halfway done, is her dance scene in the bracket by the jukebox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is really good.
0: <laughs> For Robin, they say it's the Robin Sparkles reveal in the video. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. For Marshall, they said the Nacho high scene at Groovapalooza where him and Ted keep getting lost even though they think Really? Yeah, I don't know I thought that was horrible.
1: I mean I think it's fine. I think the reveal dan's not
0: horrible in but in any
1: sort of yeah top tier, but hmm, okay.
0: I think my favorite martial scenes are him at his mom's house after his dad died <laughs> staying over there. Mom! Having rescinded <laughs> into being like a little kid. Right. More sunny D <laughs> for Barney, they use his Price is Right appearance.
1: Okay, I can see that. I think that was a
0: nice scene, but not hilarious or funny or best. I think something through the playbook series okay. was his best work and his funniest stuff. And then for Ted, they said him around Stella around the Star Wars themes. I think there was a really good scene around that where she screams because Marshall surprises her and Ted runs out, but... right. I don't think that was his best scene. I think my favorite Ted and his best scenes were with Karen, especially in college when he was always agreeing with her.
1: Okay, I can see that.
0: Especially his totally <laughs> and just the look.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And then some fun facts there's a new season of American Crime Story out, and it's called Impeachment. I forget what it's on. Is it maybe Hulu or Netflix? I'm not sure. I think
1: it's usually FX.
0: Okay. Although I saw it advertised to where we could see it, and we don't have FX, so...
1: Well, I think FX has a deal with Hulu.
0: Okay. And Col- Kobe Smulders is playing Ann Coulter. It's called Impeachment. It's about the trials of Bill Clinton during the Monica Lewinsky scandal.
1: Yes, it's on our list of things to watch.
0: And, yeah, I guess it would be. It should be. I'm not sure if we talked about it recently. We did. The other night, yeah, but I don't remember if we said, oh, we're definitely watching that.
1: Oh, I'd ask you if you wanted to watch it.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Were we perhaps consuming adult beverages at the time?
1: I don't recall. It's not out of the realm of possibility.
0: And NPH has a new show coming out on Netflix. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's called Uncoupled. And it's made by Darren Starr, so that's interesting. The creator of Beverly Hills, Down to 2 and 0, Melrose Place, Sex and the City. Okay. Also a Potomac, Maryland native like ourselves.
1: Well, we're not native. We just live here.
0: Well, okay. (laughs) If we move somewhere... never mind.
1: Tyler will be a Potomac.
0: Okay. Like our son, Darren Starr is Potomac. (laughs) We're transplants. Native. Darren Starr, who wanted to name Beverly Hills 90210 Potomac 20854, but got shot down for that title. They said they wanted it near Beverly Hills.
1: And then 30 years later, there was Real Housewives of Potomac.
0: (laughs) That's true. So. Well, the first Real Housewives was, House the, right was uh,
1: the O.C. Yeah. Well, I say that. Which came
0: fact. on the back of the TV show The O.C.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I guess that's true.
0: Because they called it the Real Housewives of Orange County. Okay. At any rate, it's, he plays a gay man whose husband of 17 years leaves him and struggles to be a single gay man in New York City in his mid-40s. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But I do want to watch that show. That sounds really good.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. Yeah, interested to see when that is actually coming out.
0: And I would say any of these shows that we take on will intercut in here as maybe just a quick review of we watch this and this is what we think, like American Crime Story, because Kobe Smulders is one of the stars of it. Right. Well, and with her
1: having that role, I can't imagine she's going to be in every episode. She'll probably just be sporadically sprinkled through. And
0: she through. took over the role from somebody else. it. Did I tell you who it was? I,
1: no, you said you, you heard remember. that, but you couldn't remember. <laughs> right. So you've learned nothing new in the three days since we last had this conversation. Yeah.
0: Jen and I actually went to a live podcast taping for True Crime Obsessed podcast. They didn't recognize us in the audience or <laughs> ask us to stand up and say hello to everybody. So
1: Yeah, you know, they had other podcasters on stage with them. It really was quite the insult that we weren't invited up.
0: I guess we never really announced that we'd be coming to it. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. There's a whole list that I saw on... I think it was called... Oh, I'm sorry. Josh Radner's also coming out with a new show called Centaur World on Netflix. Where he's just one of the characters, but it's an animated series. Oh, okay. How much Your Father started shooting August 2nd. Oh, sweet. That's old news, but I just read it, so...
1: Well, I think we were thinking maybe it possibly had, just because of, like, some old tweets I'd seen, but we hadn't seen anything definitively saying that it had, so that's cool.
0: I forget where I read it. It's probably screen ramp, but I'd have to recheck it. They came out with the most hilarious moments in How I Met Your Mother, the entire series. All together, not just by cast member. Mm Mm-hmm. And they identified 14. I'm not going to go through them because we've already taken up enough time with news. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, maybe we should save this for one yeah. that's lighter.
0: we will. And I started to make my own. Okay. So I'll give a comparative list of my own. Something I've been thinking about doing for a while, actually. But I, I, it can't be complete because I haven't seen all the episodes yet. Or not re sure. or rewatch them for this podcast. I should... Go ahead and give a little bit of an apology. We did skip last week recording an episode. So all of of you who follow week by week, we apologize. Actually, the week before that, Jen was really worn out and just did not want to podcast the front porch. And I begged her (laughs) and promised her, okay, just do the front porch. You can take off next week for Old King Clancy, and we'll push that back a week. So I just didn't want to wait any further to get the front porch out. And this ended up being a nice surprise. We had a comment or a post on our Instagram. Oh, yeah,
1: we did. Let's
0: see. We didn't get anything from... Well, actually, we did get something from Danielle this week, but it was for Murtaugh episode next week. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure if she accidentally skipped one or if she just didn't want to comment on this one and skipped right over to Murtaugh.
1: Okay, so we had a comment from Connor who said, Hey, guys, sorry, bro, was a great episode. It is really funny. I love when Ted was the one saying, sorry, bro, when the the tables turned. Keep up the good work. I look forward to listening to more episodes. So thank you, Connor. We appreciate your feedback and for listening.
0: I believe Connor's made a couple comments before, correct? Yeah,
1: we've heard from Connor before. So nice to hear from you again.
0: I'm ready to get into this. How about you? Yep. All right. Old King Clancy. We start off, well, there's some stuff with Ted. First of all, we get reminded that he's working on the new headquarters for a Goliath National Bank, and we get him doing some design stuff and congratulating himself for it in his apartment, and then we get him in front of, well, Bilson's back, Brian Cowan.
1: Right. So Ted's pretty psyched about the stuff he's coming up with, thinks it's going to go over really well, and Bilson just immediately shoots him down.
0: Right. Bilson, I, I'm going to go ahead and read Bilson's entire response, because this is great. Uh, no. Natural Light reminds the workers that there's an outside world where they have family and friends. We want to crush that. You show up in the dark, you go home in the dark, you spend your whole damn day in the dark. <laughs> I, for some reason, this show really likes to make business people look like callous a-holes right. all across the board. <laughs> and lawyers especially.
1: It does really crush your soul, though. Like I feel like this happens every year at Daylight Savings Time, where it's just like, Ugh, driving dark home when it's already uh, out. Like, it's just the worst.
0: That was what high school was like for me during wrestling season where I'd go in in the dark and when wrestling practice would be over I'd come out and it was dark I'd be like oh I can't eat when I get home cuz I have to make weight this week and just very depressing time of year for me. What was the
1: hot take that wrestling is child
0: abuse? Yeah they've they've really tightened up the rules.
1: I hope so cuz every time you talk about this stuff it just sounds horrific. They're
0: extremely strict on fat body fat content now. Good. So you can't do what you used to do. And when I started doing it in high school, I think it was only recent that they outlawed working out in the sauna. Wow. Because <laughs> kids would go find a place where there was a sauna and wear a rubber suit or trash bags and work out in there and try and sweat off as much weight as they could in a short time. That is insanity. Time. And if you got, by the time I was in high school, if you got caught for that, you'd be in pretty big trouble. So Marshall has a nice comment at the <laughs> right. end of this.
1: Marshall's response is just, I need to hear Lily's voice. And he kind of like gets up to try to go, and Bilson immediately you know, yells at him, who said you could leave?
0: This was really troubling for Ted, but then he says that one day GMB took Bilson off the project and created a new task force to oversee his designs, and then everything changed. And then we get another presentation from Ted, and it's a real touchy-feely presentation, very new-agey. <laughs> right. Kind of talk about you know having a a pool in the lobby where local children come make wishes,
1: yes, it's a very interesting concept for a bank headquarters.
0: <laughs> he gets a standing ovation and a wink from a comely brunette in the task force afterwards he's getting on the elevator there's an attractive blonde already on there, and Ted attempts to impress her with a fake phone call, which is funny, and he's purposely doing it so she knows it's fake it's not right. trying to fool her
1: right, and so he. You know, is trying to be Yalma like, you know that was fake, right? And she's like, yeah, I knew, and then also I know that this project doesn't exist anymore.
0: Right, because he was pontificating to whoever, pretend, was on the other side of the phone. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, it was the mayor. <laughs> right. So he's a little stumped by this. His, he doesn't have much reaction. He wasn't... His face didn't say, what are you talking about? It was more, hmm. At any rate, we cut over to McLaren's. Barney's going on about... <sighs> I don't even know should we should cover this because he references how hot Scarlett Johansson we can just is. Leave it a, yeah.
1: yeah, he wants to bang Scarlett Johansson. If it, you know, out of all the celebrities, that's who he would pick. Marshall would pick Lily, and Lily would pick Hugh Jackman.
0: Yeah. So Marshall says, if I could pick celebrity, and this is such a Marshall line, and <laughs> right. if I could nail any celebrity, it would be Lily. She's the star of my heart, and <laughs> I'm just like black.
1: <laughs> and Lily immediately, ah. Yeah, for me, it's Hugh Jackman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that she... Whenever he gets a little too cutesy, she sort of goes the other direction.
1: Right. She <laughs> she doesn't feel the need to match that.
0: Right. Like in the future when he says that he could only pleasure himself if he first imagines her dying. <laughs> right. Or, I'm sorry. He can only have a fantasy about being with another woman if, within that fantasy,
1: Lily passes. Yeah.
0: And you think Lily's going to think it's sweet, and instead she says... <laughs> Fantasize about other women all you want, but don't kill me. <laughs> don't kill me off.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's such a her good, good scene.
0: And then we launch into Robin's story for this episode, which is her telling them that she's not so sure celebrities—they're into some really weird sex stuff. Trust her. So then she's starting to get questioned about how would you know?
1: All right, so she reveals
0: she went home with a celebrity
1: once, and he wanted to do something really weird, so she left. And she's not going to tell anything else.
0: This drives Lily bananas.
1: Yes. And I would be Lily here. I'm a million percent. You tell me half of a story. No. Should I need to hear the whole story. Tell who, me all when, the details. Who, when, and where.
0: Yes. Marshall. She starts breathing heavily. And Marshall says, Lily, be calm. You're swallowing too much air.
1: <laughs> right. And so she spends
0: the rest of Which the episode Which is a setup for her hiccups. <laughs> right. Uh, We get a line from Barney, which is going to end up being my worst joke of the night. Oh, really? I didn't hate it. (laughs) He says, but before you go any further, I'm flattered, but technically I'm not a celebrity. Plus, for the last time, I put on a mask as a joke. Eh. Now, there weren't a lot of bad jokes in here. I think I still haven't figured out what mine
1: is. I'm going to see if we come up with it as we go. Okay.
0: I think all the different sex position names... It gets a little tiring after a while. I think it's a little too repetitive. Okay. But... None of them are really bad individually. I think this joke sort of... I guess came the closest to being bad, if you would.
1: Oh, see, I was standing in because this is definitely a, a Barney thing.
0: It is, but it's very sitcom Okay. Robin's not going to tell them anything specific, but she will say that he's Canadian-born, but they definitely know it, this guy. And, and he they got... They definitely don't. <laughs> and he got her back to his place by offering to show her a very unique collection. And... Yeah, they don't know who this guy and I thought where
1: why do they I, trust Robin's judgment on who knows what about Canada stuff? <laughs> like she's always well, here's my thing. Assuming they know things about Canada that they clearly do not.
0: That's a good point. She does make references to Canada and is confused why they don't understand her reference many times. In this case, I was thinking she's not so stupid to think that they would know what any of these things are except we did get a flashback to college where they were very excited about going to a WWF WWE uh, Rumble fight. Okay. And so maybe they did know some pro wrestling, although we don't hear it again, okay. except for wrestlers versus robots. Right. Okay. So I thought maybe that, but no, this, this is all set up for a big letdown. Right. But it was, the letdown was actually kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Everybody's reaction to it was great. <laughs> and there was a weird thing this guy wanted to do. Robin doesn't know the name for... We get a lot into the names of sex acts. I remember there was a time where a lot of this was going around on the internet. I want to say the late 90s or the early aughts, where all mm-hmm. these sex names like the Dirty Sanchez and, were being passed around. I don't even think it was the internet. I feel like it was emails going around that people would share with each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was probably websites, too. Okay. So Lily susses out, you know, they need to figure out what this mystery celebrity who collects a mystery item and asked her to do a mystery Canadian sex act.
0: Robin will only tell them what all those three things are. She'll only say yes if they guess all three parts correctly. Right, yeah.
1: She will confirm if they guess it all. And, yeah, that's impossible, which is the point. Lily doesn't know any Canadian sex acts, and Barney's, we didn't mention earlier, Barney was there with his laptop looking up pictures of Scarlett Johansson, so Barney immediately figures out a website.
0: There's the sloppy dog sled, a Newfoundland lobster trap, and you're full Mountie.
1: And he's finding this at CanadianSexActs.org.
0: I like how Marshall's confused by .org. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, apparently, according to Barney, it's not for profit. They just really want to get the information out there. <laughs> I, I actually it's, really, it's really like pu- that one. Yeah, it's really good. It's like a public service. Yeah, that's a contender for <laughs> my favorite joke. I
1: don't think it's going to get there, but it is a contender. Alright, so I have some information about actually this episode in general and then specifically CanadianSexActs.org, which is very funny. So the whole premise... I'll just read off the website. The whole thing was based on an actual story that happened to one of the members of the show's writing staff. As the Chicago Tribune reported, having been told the story about a real American celebrity with a strange collection and also a strange sex proposition, the writer spent days using a whiteboard trying to figure out who it was, what the person collected, and what the sex act was. After not getting work done for all this time, it was like, wait, why don't we do this as an episode of the show, Thomas said and then it, so they actually did have a canadiansexacts.org website for a while that you know, kind of was one of those fake websites that the show had made
0: i'm surprised you can fake a .org website i would think that you'd have to actually have a real organization for that
1: <laughs> that's interesting it gets interesting um so it doesn't seem to exist anymore but at one point it seems like it did and it presents itself as an adults-only website, but once you get inside, if you click on any of the terms, you get an error message, and the error messages are all photos of Canadian celebrity Alan Thick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> May he rest in peace.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot it, but he was dead. So I thought that was pretty funny. So fun fact for this episode. What
0: was your other thing about the Canadian sex acts? Wasn't there something else you were telling me? Before oh, we just
1: as I you know googled it episode title stuff was coming up on Urban Dictionary about potential definitions of the sex act. And from what I can gather is it was all just people that made it up after episodes of the show or after this episode aired. I don't believe this was an actual
0: (laughs) thing that existed. So if one of you listeners of ours were one of the people that made these things up, let us know. (laughs) We'd love to hear more from you.
1: We can slap an explicit on this, but I still wouldn't feel comfortable reading some of these definitions. No.
0: (laughs) I don't think people want to hear that.
1: No, not on I mean, this podcast. If you if you want to know, you can Google it for yourself.
0: <laughs> okay, Ted enters, reveals what he had just heard in the elevator.
1: Yeah, Barney and Marshall share a quick look that Ted picks up on.
0: And let's be Barney and Marshall real quick because I kind of like this little exchange. Uh, you start with Barney. Should we tell him? I don't want to tell him. I think we should tell him. We're not. We're not telling him.
1: There was no look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the truth comes out. We get the. Flashback of Bilson delivering the news that they're scrapping the plans for the new GMP headquarters. Of, this was a few weeks ago. It's because of the recession. They're cutting anything non-essential, and they're going to make a lot of tough choices. They're going to make some really tough choices when they're on their bi-quarterly retreat in St. Croix. <laughs> Very stereotypical, yes. but I, I thought it was funny. Anytime rich people are made fun of because any sort of cut to their... Lavish lifestyle, like Jack on 30 Rock complaining that many of the executives have had to sell their second homes. (laughs) Right. Didn't I just use that the other day?
1: No, I think we just watched it the other day.
0: No, I did use it in conversation the other day, but I can't remember who I was around. Someone was complaining about the economy, and I said, I know. A lot of people in my neighborhood had to sell their second homes.
1: Oh, yeah, I was around for that. I don't remember where we were.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was well-received.
1: So... Marshall's worried about how Ted's going to take it, and Bilson thinks it's going to be fine because he's going to hear it from his best friend. And then we get a good reversal of both Barney and Marshall arguing about who's his best friend. Right. So who's going to have to tell him.
0: I like when they're at the bar, Marshall's saying, quiet, here he comes. And Barney says, the white dude or the Asian fellow. See, I hardly know the guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's good.
1: So Ted starts complaining about Bilson.
0: Yeah, we're still in flashback, so this is...
1: Right, this is a few weeks back. Right. You know, they try to encourage him to drop the project, but he says, you know, his firm's also having layoffs, so if he gives up this project, he's basically
0: going to be out of a job. And Barney's about to tell him, but then Marshall sort of intercedes and tells Ted that he's nailing it, keep up the good work. His hair and teeth look fantastic today. He's shining like a diamond. And Ted's face, right? Which you should, <laughs> you would think Ted would pick up on like, why are you being so weird?
1: But Ted just like really accepts this.
0: Like, he looks you. really replenished yeah. by these compliments. He did that, <laughs> and he's got to find some way to introduce some wood into Bilson's dark atrium, which is you know sort of a funny play. Right, considering we're talking about sex acts the whole other half of the episode. Right. Marshall points out to Barney when Ted leaves that they're already paying Ted's firm two more months of design work no matter what. So why not keep him in the belief that he's still doing the work he was hired to do? So (laughs) Barney points out that Marshall's kind of a nice guy. He can't really pull off this kind of elaborate lie and challenges Marshall to go ahead and try and lie to him. Marshall says... (laughs) <laughs> okay, I have a spaceship. Barney says, what kind of fuel power is your spaceship? Okay, okay I, don't I don't have a, sp- have a
1: spaceship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then we get Barney showing him what it is to give a good lie. And if someone asks questions, distract them from the original lie with more lies. So Barney goes into an elaborate <laughs> lie about owning a pony that's ailing and sick and right. who's who's... So Marshall's... His fur or, color change. Yeah,
1: Marshall's original question to try to trip him up is, what color's your pony? And yeah, then Barney goes into this nice monologue about what's happened to poor Dandelion.
0: Right. Marshall's response, my God, that's horrible. Is Dandelion going to be okay?
1: Oh, yeah, you are good. Dandelion's not even sick, is she? Yeah. <laughs> Barney's face.
0: <He's>, Marshall's so <laughs> stupid here, but it, it, it did make me laugh.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good one. So we're back to current times, and Ted's...
0: Mad about them lying to him. Right. They argue that if it's protect you, it was okay to lie, and Ted says that...
1: Ted just got screwed by his two best friends, and he didn't even know it. And Lily very quickly chimes in that in Canada, that's called a sneaky snowplow. So Ted needs a drink. He leaves temporarily and Lily is immediately ready to jump right back into the Canadian sex
0: act so we get a series of Lily asking Robin about Canadian sex acts with various Canadian sounding names and Robin's responding back to them of oh it's like an an American this but with a Canadian twist on it now these are all off the top of Robin's head how does she know so many sex acts from Canada (laughs) how does she know so many sex acts that are from an American origin And as she's telling all these, Barney's kind of nodding along like, yes, he knows what Robin's talking about. And we know why why Barney would know. But I'm not quite sure why Robin has so much knowledge of this. Although it does help to explain at the very, very last scene that it was her that suggested Mm -hmm. the old King Clancy.
1: Maybe she was on some of these websites or getting these emails. (laughs) Really just retained the information.
0: She just knows all of them, except for the one from Newfoundland. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She doesn't want to know that one.
0: This is a, a really offensive show to Newf- Newfies, hmm. natives of Newfoundland. All right, Lily's ready to make her first guess. We get Brian Adams, baseball cards, and doing a greasy kayak. Now, this makes no sense <laughs> all the way through. This there's too many combos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's the point. And Robin, I can see them. To tell yeah,
0: <laughs> and I can see them probably like the real life story. They're just having fun saying right. these words together. And, you know, what I would do is make a very long, extensive list of all Canadian celebrities that are likely to have crossed with Robin, all the sex acts that you could find on that website, and then all collectibles that that are reasonable that you could think of. And then just, there's a a finite amount of combinations for them. Now, none of these would have gotten them to the answer.
1: (laughs) Right. I was going to say, you're immediately going to fail because you're not going to put the celebrity on. But there (laughs)
0: is a (laughs) somewhat organized way to do this. And I, if you line them all up, you can say, okay, I'm going to go through this list of 1,000 combinations, and <laughs> you can sit through this list with me and say yes when we get to finally get to it, or you could just tell me. <laughs> At any rate, other combos were Wayne Gretzky, Hot Wheels, Squatting Eskimo, Kiefer Sutherland, Souvenir Shot Glasses, and the Sticky Flapjack.
1: I don't think I knew Kiefer Sutherland was Canadian. I don't
0: think I knew that either, but Robin was into that last one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she would have done that. So Ted returns and wants to know why he's still been going in once a week if the project has been pulled.
0: Well, they explained that they couldn't have him come in and pitch to Bilson, so they invented the task force. It was just a matter of putting the team together. And then we, we go back into one of these Guy Ritchie-style themes where right. they're so in introducing my... different characters in sort of a, an artsy way.
1: Yeah, so in my notes I had like Ocean's 11, but then when I looked at the trivia it was apparently from Snatch, which I've never seen.
0: So. We just talked about this where I was like, "Yeah, let's watch Snatch and you couldn't remember whether or not you've seen it." It's a good movie. We that I guess that'll be our next movie night that I get to choose. Sounds good. Cuz I, I really like that movie and I haven't seen it in a while. But yeah, this is very specifically Guy Ritchie's style and I forget which episode it is where they've already done this before. Yeah, maybe I'll think of it, but we've brought this up in a previous podcast. Oh, okay. That where it was sort of a combination of Pulp Fiction and Guy Ritchie. But I can't remember what it is right now.
1: Yeah, it's not ringing any bells for me. Because well, we're four seasons into this. Yeah.
0: So we get the background on all the fake
1: <laughs> Everybody, executives
0: had on this task force, like Roy Waterman.
1: Right, I was going to say everybody has kind of you know, their GNB ultra ego uh, than who they actually are. Yeah,
0: Roy Waterman's really the, Roy the janitor.
1: And I'm really feeling for Roy here. Like, Marshall asks him, like, hey, you want to make a couple extra bucks? And his go-to is, how naked do I have to get? And yeah, Roy.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't sound happy about it. No, but it seems like he's willing to do some side work.
1: <laughs> I feel bad for Roy.
0: Then there's Louisa Mendoza, Executive Vice President of Assets. Now, is that a play on word, Assets? Probably. Really, she's Louisa, Louisa the Lunch Lady. There's kind of a funny exchange between her and Marshall when he's trying to recruit her. <laughs> right. She doesn't speak English. Marshall keeps thinking he understands what she's saying. But somehow they do get her up there and involved in this. And <laughs> right. Get her a nice hair.
1: It looks like she had a good blowout.
0: <laughs> get her a really nice business suit. <laughs> hmm She looked great. I think... At the very end of all of this, Ted really should have dated her, <laughs> even though she thought she was engaged to Barney. <laughs> all right,
1: and then your favorite, yeah, Arthur Naismith,
0: the eccentric genius guru of corporate investments, is actually crazy already. Fifteenth Street's own one-man band, and we cut to Marshall going. Gwyn- I'm not sure why Marshall went to go recruit him, except for it's funny for the show, <laughs> right? But why did you need him? Why not just, <laughs> just use the like anybody else, yeah. right? <laughs> And so, Marshall asks him if he has a minute to talk. He says, "Actually, my assistant Reginald makes all my appointments."
1: And And so, as they've been doing this, they've had like these, like you know, kind of card flashes of like you know their names in this like apparently Guy Ritchie style. And I really enjoy that Reginald gets his own card.
0: Yeah. So Reginald is a squirrel Squirrel. (laughs) that's standing on the street about ten feet from them, eating a nut. (laughs) And the actor actually didn't write down his name, but. He looked so familiar to me. I was sure I knew who he was. Hmm. And I looked him up on IMDb, and he mostly does a lot of voices and animation, so there wasn't actually anything that I've seen him in, as far as I could detect. And then they rounded out the group with a few interns and paid everyone 50 bucks to pretend that they were interested in what he was saying. And so they show Ted finishing up his presentation, everyone standing up and clapping, and then (laughs) Crazy Artie, picks up a box of tissues and says, like a telephone, says, Reginald, get me out of this for next week.
1: (laughs) So Ted's really, still really mad about this. You know, it was the most inspired work he's done in his career. And Lily's just the worst in this episode. Like, Lily provides no sense of comfort to Ted at all. She's just really, like, laser-focused on this sex act thing.
0: This is very reminiscent of... Last week, the front porch, where everyone's talking about the importance of Lily breaking up Ted's <laughs> past relationships, and Marshall and Barney are on the side, having their own right. in their own world about the bathrobe or about the nightshirt. <laughs>
1: right. So Lily gets his Alex Trebek, a musty goaltender, and beanie babies. All right. And then we get a really weird scene of like a flashback of a thing that happened with Louisa.
0: Yeah. After the presentation, she smiled and winked at him. He approaches her and basically force his forces himself on He's her. He's really
1: creepy here. Yeah,
0: the acting in the scene it's very cartoonish,
1: and I feel like and it all of the scene be, has aged
0: really badly. I was
1: like, I was trying to figure out like, was this supposed to be an homage to something? It wasn't in any of the trivia. Wasn't anything. I or is no. it just a
0: weird scene? It was just Ted over well. It was just Josh Radner comedically overacting for the scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> and because he was acting so goofy, it sort of excused maybe some of the inappropriate actions that he took. Right. All this, Although this was par for the course for TV for this time, so yeah, no, yeah. no big deal at the end of the day. And she did reciprocate his affections.
1: But initially it looked real creepy. Yeah.
0: So And even worse for this poor gal. She thinks she's engaged to Barney. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: So Ted wants to know if there's anything else that they're not
0: telling him. Yeah, there's a softball team that he was on that was all faked. I do like his comment, so my game-winning walk was a lie. <laughs> right. Which is just so sad that that was the only way they could get him to help win the game is by pitching around him and letting him walk, forcing all the other batters, all the other runners to be able to just come in.
1: Right. So there, you know, Marshall and Barney kind of apologize but say you know they, they just – Wanted to help him feel better. It's what friends do.
0: Ted says, you never lie to your friends. Barney points out that, well, what about the open mic night at the comedy club? Now, <laughs> this, you have always loved, <laughs> loved this scene. So I want to let you go ahead and, and uh, re- uh, recite it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it enough justice. I don't know how to recite it. One thing I want to say about this is Marshall has a lot of confidence on stage. Yes. He's very comfortable up this up. He really he's very, is. He's very comfortable up there in this routine.
1: <laughs> so should I really like just read the whole thing?
0: Yeah, you do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want me to do it? Cause you're going to laugh through it. I, I think it's worth reading for people that didn't just rewatch this, but All if right. you want me to do it.
1: All right, let me go. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh,
0: oh has the giggles.
1: I, I will give it a quick try. It probably will not work.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you like me, folks? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you're going to have to do it. It's too late for me.
0: <laughs> are you like me, folks? Have you ever thought about how many different kinds of fish <laughs> there are and the names of those fish? That's, uh, let's take a little ride. Trout. <laughs> Am I right? (laughs) Sturgeon. I don't think so, pal. (laughs) Salmon. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Salmon. Who thought that was a good idea, right? Bass. This guy over here knows what I'm talking about. Halibut. Thank you. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Uh, Comes off stage. Ted says he was really funny. Barney says he killed. And then when he walks walks away, he says, everyone's Thursday night. Marshall, we were, we're we're out of the f- the flashback, and Marshall says, "I'm out." You didn't like the fish list.
1: <laughs> you just read a list of fish, and, then, and Marshall does the, like.
0: Uh, that it was went over, over their, their head. head gesture. <laughs> but they proved his point. You lie to support a friend,
1: right? And you know, Ted's like, yeah, "This is not the same thing." You know, this is my job. You know, I'm going to probably get fired now. Yeah,
0: he could have been looking for other business for his firm instead of wasting his time here. We're back at the apartment. Marshall and Barney enter. Ted refers to them as lying bastards. Any other lies they want to tell him? Barney says, that's a nice shirt. (laughs) Ted calls him the devil.
1: It's so funny.
0: And it turns out they found him a new project at GMB where he'd be redesigning part of the 20th floor.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Ted feels like if that's a lie, it's an incredibly dull one.
0: Yeah, that's a good (laughs) lie. They cut to GMB, and they're telling him that this is the 18th floor ETR. And basically, Billson wants a room just like this, only two stories up on, the, on their floor. Ted finds out that ETR stands for Employee Transition Room. It's a space where a supervisor and an employee engaged in a knowledge transfer about an impending vocational paradigm shift. People get fired. Ted thinks it's pretty horrible, and Marshall says that HR feels they need a secure, safe space to deal with the news. I like Barney. Yeah, it gets pretty real in here.
1: And we get a montage of security camera footage of Barney firing people. And for
0: some reason, I like salsa music.
1: <laughs> yes, music makes no sense.
0: And I apologize if it's not salsa, but just some, some uh, other Latina origin music. Right. But it sounds like It doesn't sort of match what's going
1: on. It's very interesting. No, it's very
0: energetic, so maybe that's what they're maybe. going for. But, but go ahead and describe.
1: <laughs> Typically, people are, you know, Trying to lunge over the table to—it's
0: always to barney, barney doing the firing,
1: right? And he doesn't seem to be doing it very nicely. There's always like a very dismissive hand wave, right.
0: and yeah. everyone tries to attack him. There's, you know, not very inappropriate scene that he was under the table with a woman. They come up, tuck in, and then he fires her, and then she tries to attack him. Right? There's a good one where a guy hits him over the back with a chair, and breaks a chair over him. Right. So
1: Ted agrees, you know, he's going to have to design a room where people are going to be fired, but he'll make it his own. And so he has this really nice presentation of, you know, this new redesigned ETR where people will enter the Rebirth Tranquility Hallway, (laughs) a soothing oval, and then enter a soothing oval chamber with a trained grief counselor, and a new beginning's fountain. And as
0: he's going through this, we have Barney on the side going, uh -uh, (laughs) uh-uh, because he knows what's coming from Bilson. (laughs) Bilson feigns loving it, invites him offers that maybe he should redo the existing ETR room and says, let's go take a look, which is basically Bilson tricking him into the ETR room and joyfully firing him. And they start leaving the room and Ted comes back in and we get the earlier salsa music and the overhead security camera and we can see Ted about to bash a chair over him. (laughs) Right. We're back at McLaren's and
1: Lily's making some more guesses about Robin's sex act. And she finally, she just gives
0: up. She can't do it anymore. But then pressures Robin to go ahead and tell them. So Robin writes it down. Yeah, so Robin agrees, but, you know, they can't tell anybody.
1: Lily's super excited. And then reads it. The frozen snowshoe, old King Clancy, Harvey's trays.
0: (laughs) Robin's face is like, right? Right. And everyone is so so confused.
1: I don't know what any of those words mean.
0: Is he supposed to be a celebrity, <laughs> Marshall? Like, who is who? The hell is Old King Clancy? <laughs> but that's the second sex act. It's like a Sacramento turtleneck, except with maple syrup. Now I gotta say, I don't want any part of anything having to do with maple syrup. That is so sticky that that would ruin everything you touch. Right. Take forever to get off of you. So yeah. Marshall says, "Who's the leopard? What celebrity is Harvey Strays?" <laughs> <laughs> right. And Robin gives an explanation of what Harvey's trays are. Oh, come on. You're road tripping down the Trans-Canada Highway? You got a hunger on between Milverton and Wawa? Where are you going to strap on a feedback, huh? Harvey's. Over 12,000 served. (laughs) Which is a funny statement because, obviously, it's making a reference to McDonald's where there's over, you know, 1 billion or 10 billion, whatever it is now. Right. Just to give you a point of reference. Yes.
1: So they're trying to figure out who the celebrity was, and it was the frozen snowshoe.
0: He's the most famous professional wrestler in Canada. And (laughs) so they're repeating it. So you're saying the frozen snowshoe invited you back to his place to look at Harvey's trays and asked you to do an old King Clancy. And Robin's like, you cannot tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Billy's hiccups are gone probably forever. Barney makes a swipe at Canada. And Ted enters. They asked why he's not design- off-designing the big fancy ETR. Ted says he's off the project. Bilson fired him. And they're and finally released,
1: decides to care about Ted's storyline and asks, you know, what does this mean for you?
0: Are you going to get laid off? He claims he quits. This is sort of weird. <laughs> right. But it turns out Barney calls him out. They fired you, didn't they? And he said yes. But he got a severance package, made a big decision. He's going to start his own firm.
1: And everybody's really encouraging, except for Barney's, like, in this economy? Yeah, typical <laughs> Which Barney, can, yeah, saying the
0: opposite of what everyone else is saying when they all speak at right, yeah. once.
1: Which, you know, if you don't have the closed caption of the transcripts on, you might miss it, because it's you know, layered over top of
0: everybody else's reactions. They're curious how it all went down between him and Billson and Ted said, Well, after he proposed a vocational paradigm shift, I made an impromptu presentation using a four-pronged approach that really brought him to his knees. Hit him with a chair? Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we get the... Closing scene is a flashback to 2002 where Robin's over at the frozen snowshoes house. And he's showing her his Harvey's trays.
0: And she brings out the syrup. She brought brought her own syrup.
1: (laughs) And she just, like, pulls it out of her (laughs) purse and propositions him. And there's a really long silence. And then he's like, I think you should go.
0: (laughs) Hmm. All right.
1: And that's the end.
0: Where do you think I rate this? I'm going to say... Eighty-six. No, actually much better than that, 70. Hmm, okay. And I think my favorite joke is everything with Crazy Artie, his two scenes. I'll, I'll, I'll add them together to make it my favorite. What about yours?
1: The fish jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right, I should have guessed. Uh, my least favorite is Barney, assuming he's the celebrity. Did you come up with one?
1: Yeah, I think it's the whole Louisa scene.
0: Okay, that's fair. The... It actually, parts of it made me laugh, like when she says she's engaged to Barney. But, yeah, it yeah. it just...
1: It, you know, it wasn't a... It was hard to f- come up with a bad one for this episode. But true. that was... I, I liked that scene the least.
0: Fair. Next week we have... Is it Murtaugh or is it or more to that title? When I was reading it the other day, it just said Murtaugh. I was like, I feel like it's the Murtaugh law, but I guess Maybe it's just, might Murtaugh. just be Murtaugh. Now, that's a great episode. A great I'm episode. Really, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> I'm really excited about this one. It's where Ted brings out his list of things that he's too old for that he's and keeping. I,
1: don't, I guess he said he's thirty, so now as someone who's thirty-eight, I'm really feeling this whole attitude of I'm too old, too old for, for this, this stuff. All of this stuff,
0: <laughs> right? It's kind of based around the character Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon, who came in the first in the first movie, part one. He keeps saying I'm on too I'm too old for this shit cuz he's getting ready to retire so that's a whole theme going on. <laughs> but then he came back and did three more movies after that and didn't retire. <laughs> and we have sort of a cross challenge Barney versus Ted because yeah. Barney has a list of things that Ted is too young to be doing, right? And so they challenge each other that they each have to do everything on one another's lists and it makes for a very good episode. Yeah. It's going to be great. In the meantime, there's sort of a war going on between Barney and the person that runs the uh, the, laser, the tag. laser tag place. <laughs> who's almost a, he's not a Murtaugh type. It's like a stand-in for
1: like the chief that's yeah. going to tell the reckless cops that they can't do what they're doing anymore. Right.
0: Exactly. So look forward to that. We will try and get that posted within the week after we've posted this one. Because it's too good not to <laughs> it's too good for me to wait two weeks for this next one. <laughs> Jen, why don't you tell people where they can write to and find us?
1: You can find us at runklerecaps.com, email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com, on Twitter at Runklerecaps and on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore.
0: I Actually have a little more to share, but I must leave and go to a place where I can experience solitude and shed the weighty tumult gathered while toiling through this long journey around the sun.
1: You have to go to the bathroom?
0: Yes. Goodbye, everyone.
1: (laughs) Rose.